ese hombre que tú ves ahí que parece tan galante tan atento y arrogante lo conozco como a mí ese hombre que tú ves ahí que aparenta ser divino tan amable y efusivo Bienvenidos a Radio Menea I'm Miriam Suela Pérez And I'm Vero Valletti Flores and we are two Latinx friends with wildly different music tastes Each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love, and this week it's all about rage. Yeah, we had like a pool party <laughs> playlist <laughs> plan for y'all, but then like we lost like some rights and we were like, you know what, we're mad, yeah. so let's do something else. Yeah, and surprisingly this is not a feeling we've covered so far in this episode, in this podcast. Lots of other feelings, but not this one. That's so, a little wild to me. I feel like rage drives a lot of my daily work. So Maybe it's because <laughs> I suggest more themes than you do. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, let's talk about love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, this was the first artist that came to mind when I thought about music for this episode, which is La India. I feel like she's the queen of angry salsa. So let's take another That's listen. So, so great. <laughs> let's take a listen. Let's This was quite apropos. Listen. Yeah. Let's take another listen to Ese Hombre by La India. I mean, when I first thought of this, I, I just could hear her voice in my head. Like, she just has some incredible songs that are about passionate anger. And um, this Especially felt appropriate. Especially about trifling-ass men. Trifling-ass men. You know. Speak of the devil. We speak. haven't mentioned why we're mad. But oh, yeah. we, we are assuming mad. that you are assuming that we're mad because <laughs> of the fall of Roe versus Wade. Yeah. Um, lack of abortion rights for half the people in this country. Yeah, it's <sighs> really, really rough. So today's Monday. We're recording on Monday. You're going to hear this on um, starting on Friday, July 1st. But last week, the Supreme Court put out a decision in Dobbs versus Jackson that eliminated 50 years of precedent, uh, reversed 50 years of precedent, and um, reversed Roe versus Wade, which was the um, decision that 
gave abortion. people yeah. <clears throat> a constitutional right to abortion throughout the country, right? So there are some states where it was legal before and some states where it wasn't, and now we're going back to that where it's left up to the states and we're estimated that estimating that over half of states will either severely limit or completely eliminate um, legal access to abortion. So it's looking really, really dystopic out there. Yeah, and as most of you know, Vero and I met doing reproductive justice organizing. So like this issue is definitely something that we both worked on and is like very um, core in many ways to our activism so it's um it's wild i don't know i was like pretty frozen on friday for the first few hours of the day what was mm. what was your like initial feeling oh as usually with like intense um horrifying life events i was pretty numb yeah. um i was just in numb action mode i was like okay this is what i needed to do like this is what like i just had a lot of things to get done and i was doing them you know yeah um and I was in Miami with my family, and so it sort of prevented me from staying in a place where I was thinking that much about it. I mean, I have, like, literally been working on a response to this outcome of this case since the fall. So, like, right. it's been in my mind, like, what to say about it, how to communicate about it, like, how to, like, you know, like, writing, like, all the various... Right. scenario possible scenarios like communications for possible scenarios so like right. I did have like a lot of time to process what the meaning yeah. of this has been like over the last six months because we knew it was coming pretty much and especially after the leak like it yeah. seemed like that much more of a real <laughs> uh, possibility yeah um so I don't know maybe that's what it's about maybe I processed a lot of it while I was doing that but um, I don't know. It's also part of how I often deal with things. You know, I'm like a little numb at first and it, I deal with it a lot more slowly over time. Yeah. I think I was like in some denial. It's like, I knew it was coming. It wasn't a surprise. This is part of what was so scary mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. Trump getting elected. And there was still this like, oh wow, shit, it's real. You know? Yeah. I think a lot of people felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. So I did, I came out of kind of like retirement sort of of writing about repro and I wrote a piece for Truth Out, which I'll, we'll link in the show notes that just kind of reflected on, um, yeah, what it felt like and sort of looking back at my work as an abortion doula and a reproductive justice act, act advocate. And, you know, I don't have answers like how many people do, but, um, but yeah, I just, I felt compelled writing is how I process. So I felt compelled to kind of put pen to paper and um, reflect on this momentous moment. And so I, um, yeah, I did that and just was published today on Monday. It was funny because I remember that I wrote a piece for Color Lines years ago with the whole women's health case. I went to the Supreme Court and, mm, and like was mm -hmm. able to like listen to the arguments. And, and I, that I think was like the, a joyous moment. Uh-huh. And I think the title of it was like the most important abortion case of my lifetime was heard and I was in the building or something. And I'm like, oh, no. Not no, the most important abortion case of my lifetime. <laughs> but at that moment, yeah. you know, pre-Trump, like, I mean, the idea, Roe was such an accepted precedent that it just seemed, you know, it's not like no one thought this could happen, but anyway. So, yeah, La India felt like my immediate response to this 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 question of rage and 
I do think that I'm going to make a case for her being the queen of angry salsa. <laughs> and um, I love that. Even though she's, she's, you know, especially the queen of being of having angry salsa songs about trifling ass men. Yeah. It seems like the most likely topic of anger in salsa would be <laughs> men. <laughs> um, but yeah, she Fair. has a pretty great list of expletives in this song, and they really do feel relevant given that most of the people behind these decisions are men. Although, um, we have to say a special fuck you to Amy Coney Barrett, who is a lying mm. piece of shit mm-hmm. and also mm-hmm. hates her own gender. Yeah, so. I mean, I really. I really, truly have to emphasize also, like, how fucked up of an institution the Supreme Court is. Like, generally, it's a fairly conservative institution because the way that it operates is precedent, right? Like, tradition of what is established in this country. And, like, this country's tradition isn't exactly, you know, (laughs) great, right? So, like... And that's part of what people were counting on. This is like, okay, yeah, like Rose an established precedent, right? So it like relies on that. But um, but at this point, it's so wild. Like literally five out of the nine justices on there were appointed by presidents who lost the Democratic election. Like they lost they the popular were, vote. Yeah. yeah, they lost the popular vote. So they were like, they won because of the Electoral College, but like... And this like gerrymandering has basically. not won. Yeah. Gerrymandering, like not, a, you know, like doing a lot of voter suppression stuff, right? Like even with the amount of people who voted, they lost the popular vote. And then like two of them stand really very credibly abused, uh, very credibly oh, accused yeah. of uh, sexual harassment and assault. Like yeah. one yeah. of them was like legit stolen, <laughs> you know, like the right. uh, Barack Obama's appointment was stolen right. and Merrick Garland just allowed that to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just like this institution is other than, you know, like aside from the fact that it's like de facto quite conservative and it is making choices about what our rights should be based on a document that's 200 years old and a bunch of white slave owners wrote. Um, <laughs> I, I wrote that in my piece, which is probably, I probably should have quoted you, but I didn't. There's a line, <laughs> There's a line in my but piece. But <laughs> like, it's just like, even within all of those like contexts, if we accept those, like it's just like so much of it is wildly not legitimate. So. Yeah, yeah. And then this is like, you know, the, the court has always been conservative. Now the court is a radical right court, you know, like Correct. even yeah. like legal conservatives can be like, this is bananas, you know, like um, they're not yeah. even following sort of the tradition of the court around being um, being conservative. So <sighs> it's a fucking mess. And I'm really angry at rbg for not retiring when obama was president i am so angry at her i hope that she's rolling around in her grave because it just makes no sense she was so old why didn't she had had cancer like three times what is wrong with her i yeah i feel really also like frustrated by that yeah very frustrated by that very frustrated like people you know people hold her up at this icon and she did all these amazing things but then she also made a really selfish choice you know i mean she's also like people hold her up as an icon but i have always been upset at that because she's been really bad on some stuff like she's Mm -hmm. really bad on a lot of racial justice stuff and on criminalization and on surveillance like it's just like 
Right. I don't know. This, that's like white women can have her. I don't give a fuck about her. Yeah, she's not, <laughs> not your idol. Yeah. Yeah. No, not at all. And also, like, who wants to work until the day that they die? What a weird fucking choice. Power has got to be a trip. I've never had enough power that's made me want to think that I want to work until the day that I die. I'll tell you that much. And that your choice to do that might undermine democracy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. I mean, she probably thought Hillary was going to win. And then I think that's what she was holding out to do. She wanted to be replaced by Hillary. Because being replaced but by like, the first black president wasn't enough, you know? Like, I mean, yeah, bro. White uh, ladies. White ladies. Yeah. I could uh, I could really lay siege of a lot of the blame of this on white ladies, both conservative ones and uh, ones that say that they're on our side. Yeah. But that's yeah. a whole other conversation for a different day. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what's your first angry we'll song. see how spicy i get today <laughs> what's your first what's your first rage track for this episode my first rage track is quite ragey and it's the first thing that i thought of when i thought about this theme this is a song by the iconic Khalees. it's called cut out there I think this is just the vibe a little bit right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, There is, I feel like this song is such a, uh, Khalees is such a fucking G for her performance in this song. Like the scream, (laughs) you know, like is a a wild and amazing choice. Um, But I think that we've all been this level of frustrated before and I feel like sometimes we need to take a moment to be angry and scream and be upset before we move on to solutions, you know? And I think Mm -hmm. that this is the song that sort of reflects that for me. I think I've brought Khalees before. I feel like I brought Bossy at one point, which is like my fucking jam. I don't know that you have, but I didn't look at Yeah, yeah, maybe not. If I haven't brought Bossy before, it's a mistake on my part, and I apologize because that song is really everything to me. I remember when... 
uh, when Beyonce came out with a campaign against like using bossy for women. And I was like, mm, I'm really more on like the Khalees school of accepting bossy as a power term. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, a lot of people don't know that her mom is Puerto Rican. So yeah, um, I didn't know that. That's um, that is something for folks to know um, why I brought her. And I just think she's like. I don't know, man. To me, Khalees is like an original and an icon and never appreciated enough for my liking. You know, like she's successful, obviously. Um, but I just, I don't know. I think that there's no, not enough appreciation for her, uh, for what she is or what she's done. Um, this song was off her debut album, Kaleidoscope which was fully produced by the Neptunes, which I think like really shaped how I listen to music, um, their production and how I, yeah, how I engage with it. So um, I really love it. If you've never listened to it, I suggest going back. Um, I think it sounds really amazing, even 23 years later. Yeah. The song makes me think about like the sex strikes of the past. And like I don't have sex with men, so I this doesn't apply to me. But or most people don't have sex with men. But like, what if everyone just stopped? <laughs> you know. Like, but I know like that the the there's some sexism built into that as if women don't also enjoy sex. You know. Um, right, right. I feel like that's like a shitty proposition for yeah. like it's for like women it's who have like, sex with yeah, men. Yeah, for women. Yeah. Like if you it, it's would be great if it was like a chore for you. But also if it's a chore for you, then maybe you should stop. You should anyway. stop anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. you know <laughs> yeah um so i yeah. would personally be bummed no i know that's i'm thinking about that i'm like that's not it's not really fair to you you know what I, mean? Yeah. I mean i guess you could just go have sex with women but like you know maybe some man no. you like right now or something so yeah, yeah. and I, I but it's just yeah yeah i mean those are sort of like yeah old school feminist sort of fantasies about I mean that that has worked there are moments in history where people have done that but I think it's works more on a small scale than um a yeah. national scale and yeah. I think it's also been like slightly more targeted like maybe if like yeah. the Supreme Court justices wives stop sleeping with them right <laughs> or something but they are all, maybe all they, of them are I don't probably know if they do him. they probably support uh God. Yeah. I mean, Ginny Thomas, Clarence mm-hmm. Thomas's wife, is mm-hmm. fucking deranged. I feel like Clarence Thomas should be impeached off the court just based off Ginny's has wild it, ass. Has anyone ever been removed from the Supreme Court for anything? I don't think anybody ever has been impeached, but I think there are, there is like a process for impeaching a Supreme Court justice. But yeah, um, I mean, she was like 100% involved in the January 6th stuff. Yeah, yeah, like lots of evidence, and I, uh, yeah, I just, I just don't even understand how even like in a point of view where you believe that the Supreme Court is a legitimate way to decide people's basic fucking humanity, like even if you believe that, how this all still like is kosher, you know, <laughs> but I don't know, dude, it's yeah. it's feeling pretty bleak and it's not always gonna feel really bleak i think there's a way forward i think there is gonna be some really dark times ahead in some Mm -hmm. ways yeah but also we have each other we have Mm -hmm. abortion funds people Mm -hmm. have helped each other before and um yeah we're gonna help each other again and maybe There's, there's always a way 
maybe this could turn some of those cons- like moderate white women away from the Republican Party. I don't know. I feel like that's like the God. one hope I have is that it might motivate some people who've been either sitting out or on the Republican side to rethink their decision because we know that abortion is pretty widely supported. Um, it's so. pretty widely supported, but I don't know, man. I don't have that much faith, but maybe I hope you're right. Yeah. I hope you're right. But yeah, it's also an important reminder that yeah, having your uterus does not mean that you have better politics. No, no. <laughs> Sadly, no. no. Lots and lots there of... I mean, just like, yeah, just like white men vote against their own interests, so do women. Yeah. So. Yep. All the time. <sighs> but, you know, this is the time to feel frustrated and scream about it, much like our girl, Khalise. Yep. Yeah. So when you're one. feeling that, this can be a good song for that. Yep. Also, I love her. Can I just like, as an aside, <laughs> like I follow her currently on Instagram oh, and she's cool. just like divested from her city life and she now has like a whole fucking farm <laughs> and she like farm grows <laughs> all this food. She like grows olives and makes olive oil and then like makes like these beautiful body products and like, um, it's so funny because she talks about, I read this interview with her about it and she was like, yeah, I got this farm and I thought that like, I could like have a farm and like be cute, you know, like be cute with her farmer. She's like, it's not cute. No, it's dirty (laughs) and it's gross. And I was like, that would absolutely be me. You'd be like, I'm going to look so cute with my chickens. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I like imagine myself like cutely, like, giving my chickens. preening your chickens <laughs> yeah yeah my like show chickens with like, uh-huh. I, like I have like this like fantasy farm life where like yeah, there's do. like these beautiful fucking like show chickens that you know in reality like all those feathers just get pooped on you know like, yeah. it's, just, like it, it's actually not cute you know but no. like in my fantasy farm life that I actually will never have because I know that it's not actually cute Mm-mm. um but I, that would amazing. be me. That would be me. So Khalees she thought it was going to be cute. Is she no longer but making she's music? She's committed to it. She she does still make music. She's like she like I think recently built like a little studio on her oh, farm. Cute. cute. And um, yeah, she's she's so great. She's also a chef, um, like wow. a trained chef. She has a cookbook, um, okay. and she's like a very good cook. And she like you know, has like, I was always talking about seasonings. I recommend her. If you don't follow Khalees on Instagram, I recommend the follow. She just recently lost her husband to cancer. Um, Mm. really sad, but she's like out there, like doing her thing, farming, cooking food, making music, just like being a fucking G. I love her. Wow. I also recommend, um, looking at the music video because she has really incredible, like ombre curls. And I feel like it's oh just another m- way that we're back in the late 90s, you know, in terms of fashion. Yeah, I feel like she was really ahead of her time. She's got like pink eyebrows on there. She just like did whatever the fuck she mm-hmm. wanted. Yeah, She did whatever the fuck she wanted. And yeah. when you're an artist, that works really well because mm-hmm. that means that like your vision is really genuine and that really came yeah. through. Um, but not everybody is always ready for that when you're doing whatever the fuck you want, but no, um, I, I, I've, I was ready. (laughs) I was ready for what Khalees was giving me. Beautiful. 
What's your next song? All right. Well, my next song is kind of going in a different direction in terms of like, what do you do in the moments like these? So it's called Bajo la Tormenta and it's by Sergio George's Salsa Giants. Let's take a listen. to bring to Radio Manea since 2018 and this was the perfect moment. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, the lyrics... Really on theme. The lyrics say, La cosa está mala, mala y se cae el suelo, bailo bajo la tormenta. I mean, what else are you going to do, right? Like, we have to, you know, like you said, we have to take our moment to, like, you know, be angry and scream and be upset before we figure out what the fuck to do moving forward and how to help people get what they need. And we also still have to have joy because we can't let anybody take our joy, you know? So, um, it's all like, it's all true. It's all, yeah. You know, it's like we fell in love during the war, like all of those different things that people bring up these different cultural pieces that tell you that, you know, in some ways, like life still has to go on even while we're fighting these battles. So, well, and also, um, I think that it's a mistake that activists often make um, about how we portray really tough conditions, right? And the truth is that, like, life can be really tough in a lot of corners of the world, right? And, you know, it's might be about abortion access, it might be about like poverty, it might be about like unspeakable gun violence, it might be about a million ways that the world is an unhappy and unequal place. Mm -hmm. But like in every single context, no matter like what level of unnecessary misery humans are putting each other through, there's always, always joy. There's always resistance. People always find ways to, mm-hmm. like, find little moments of happiness and relief. And, like, it's just not survivable without that, right? No. And no. Um, And there's just so many little ways that people do that. Music is often one. Yeah, um, music yeah. and dance is often one of those ways that people do it. I mean, like some of my favorite music in the world comes from places where conditions are just terrible, just so difficult. 
yeah. um, in so many ways. And there's also beautiful art, you know? Yeah. And a lot of it is um, about resistance and resisting the terrible conditions that um, that folks have to be, go through, you know? Yeah. Um, so I really appreciate this for that. Yeah. And I don't know what the, you know... La Cosa Era, <laughs> when they put this song out or when the song was written. This was released in 2014, it looks like, but I don't know, um, yeah, what they were referring to, but um, it's just increasingly relevant. I, I feel think. like it's just evergreen. Yeah, <laughs> there's could, always something. It could be something. like an evergreen theme, you know, like... La Cosa Está Mala. It could be tough <laughs> or bad for anybody, either like for personal reasons or... Yeah because yeah. of political reasons or etc right it might just be like you know shit's tough like yeah <laughs> but here we yeah, are yeah and i feel like you dancing. know i i've been i've been kind of in like a cult research like media hole recently um just consuming a lot of um content about cults because there's been a couple of good documentary series that are released about cults and um i've been consuming a couple of books about the FLDS, Warren Jeff's like fundamentalist uh, Mormon cult. And mm. I feel like these policies like restricting reproduction, um, restricting women's access, you know, that, that the purpose of them is to like kill people's joy, you know, it's to kill people's, yeah. um, it's to kill people's will. It's to control people. It's to control bodies. It's to, you know, if you control sex, you have control of a lot. Right. And so um, in some ways, joy is a, is a resistance to that. Right. To not allowing, um, you know, I mean, I feel like in a lot of ways, the Christianity, certain extreme forms of Christianity, it's like you sacrifice everything today in order to get to some idea of the afterlife, you know. And if you don't sacrifice mm -hmm. all these things, then you're told you're going to, you know, suffer forever in hell. So it's not unrelated to, to be like, no, actually, we're going to find ways to subvert this and still have joy and still, you know, have sex for pleasure and all these different things, despite what the religious right is trying to do, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. What's up next for you? My next song is a song I'm pretty sure I've brought before, but was also too perfect for this episode. So I am bringing it again. This song is called Tuteta and it's by Dominican producer and artist Medio Piki. Me está buscando un lío. Ten cuidado, ten cuidado, ten cuidado. 
so like I said, I might have brought this before, but the vibe was too good. This is like metal guitars meet Dominican Dembo. <laughs> and I, this is like more me getting into my action mode. Like, tu te estás buscando un lío, bitch. Like, you are looking for a fucking problem. This song, like, always, it feels like I'm getting, like, hyped for a fight. And, like, just to be clear, I can't fight. Like, I'm not ever the one taking <laughs> off my earrings or putting Vaseline on my face. I'm, like, 100% team de-escalate. But, um... <laughs> Wait, what does the Vaseline do on your face? Ooh, it makes the punches roll off easy. Oh. If you can't stick a punch, then, like, it, you can't wow. get as hurt. Oh, <laughs> what a tactic. How do you know that? <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess I've just been around it. <laughs> Wow. enough to All know right. what you do but i still cannot fight no um but i don't know i was thinking about this and i was thinking about like in like fighting in a metaphorical sense i have been thinking a lot about conversations that i've had with latin american feminists especially mm. given the fact that in countries like colombia and mexico and argentina and like uruguay we've been seeing these historic victories for reproductive right. rights and and abortion access in the last Ironic. 10 years, Ironic. just as we have lost so much access in the United States. And um, I remember one time talking to these Latin American feminists and them being just so aghast about how precious we are about breaking laws in the United States, probably because our movements have become so professionalized, right? Like, yeah. that's at least part of it. But like, they're like, this is life and death, y'all. Like, fuck the law. <laughs> You know what I mean? Right. Like, so I'm not telling y'all what I'm doing or I'm not telling y'all what you should do. But I think one thing that I am thinking about in terms of like how we're fighting back is like how to reassess our relationship to risk right mm. now. And of course, like we need to be smart and we need to be strategic about what risks we're willing to incur. Um and, right. like, who we're asking to take on risk, right? I don't think mm. that it's, like, a thing that's, like, willy-nilly. Like, I've been seeing, like, so many people, like, being, like, I will aid in a bad abortion. And I was, like, girl, like, maybe don't say that on Twitter, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, just a thought. But, um, you know, I, I do think that it is something that we all need to, like, rethink our relationships to as – a thing that's a really basic human need is going to become illegal in a lot of states. Mm -hmm. And um, as people are going to start becoming criminalized for either helping people get procedures or for getting procedures themselves. Um, and I mean, I guess what I will say about that is that some of us who don't have to take risks because we live in places that have access, because we have mm -hmm. money, because of like any number of reasons that don't require us to like be in such a risky position. Like if we don't incur some of that risk, that means that like the weight of the risks are all on a few people who are already experiencing really, really rough conditions. So, right. um, yeah, I just like, it's something that I'm thinking about, like as like what I'm willing to do and what I'm not willing to do. And, um, what it means to be in a place where my access is not going to be um, compromised in a huge way because I live in a state that is um, probably going to keep some level of abortion access. Although the fact that a lot of people are going to travel here from other places that don't have it, like will impact people here. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, but yeah, it's just something that I'm thinking about. And it's a lesson that I take from uh, feminists in places where conditions just are, have been historically a lot more dire and that mm -hmm. have seen 
huge, huge wins in the last 10 years. Just like, okay, like you can be precious about the law, but the law is bullshit. So what are you going to do? Like, what are you Mm -hmm. really about? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's something that I'm thinking about a lot um, in this moment. Yeah. And I mean, there also is an element of strategy around mass um, civil disobedience, right? Because it makes it harder to criminalize people. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I think about like it's about to be Fourth of July here, and like you know, fireworks are not allowed. Like certain types of fireworks are not allowed in Washington D.C., and the entire wow. city is fireworks. You know, yeah, everywhere because yeah. it's impossible to. I mean, I this is something I do not like because I don't like fireworks and I worry about people's mm-hmm. safety and whatever. But um, yeah, it's just impossible. There's no way to enforce the laws against fireworks in Washington D.C. because it's so prolific. So. Yeah, I think you're right that it's not uncomplicated what risks and also like our criminal legal system has really been way is way more developed than it was in the 60s pre-row. And so, you know, the the criminal legal system is ready to um, criminalize and incarcerate. Like we have way more women's prisons, for example, than existed then, stuff like that. But yeah. um, And so much more surveillance and more ability to surveil our everyday actions. Like we like literally carry around geo trackers in our on a pockets. voluntary basis yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so have you heard not, of any um, um yeah have you heard of any like period tracking or cycle tracking apps that have agreed that they won't share like data with the no i've actually only heard about period tracking apps that have said that they would willingly even really? not under subpoena share their oh. um share their data with authorities um that doesn't mean that there haven't been any that said it that just like makes no sense to me because it's like so in their best and in- it's not in their best interest from a economic perspective because they're gonna you know like everyone's like delete your app you know like yeah i wonder though how much that is really going to take hold yeah actually though and how much it's really going to impact their budget line because i think that as corporations they stand to lose more by resisting a subpoena from the police yeah i don't really understand what the legal like I mean, I guess some of this is going to get litigated, right? Like, what right to privacy do we have? Do we have any right to privacy now that this case has been kind of gutted? Because a lot of things have come from this this precedent. So, yeah, <sighs> yeah. So Roe was decided because there is um, it read a right to privacy into the Constitution, which is what they call a non-enumerated right, which is, means it's not written in the Constitution. So it's like implied is in what the 14th Roe argued. Amendment, and, right? <clears throat> right. And r- basically it was that argument that privacy is implied in the 14th Amendment, and that means that Roe falls under privacy, which I think has always been a fairly shaky arg- mm-hmm. legal argument, right? That Although like, privacy is the reason. Yeah, interestingly, the the road decision was seven to two, so it was not like a split decision. It was like a pretty majority yeah. court decision. Yeah. We don't see a lot of seven to two decisions, especially for things yeah, that yeah. are seen as so political. So I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. that much about the composition of the court then, but um, there was a legal argument, obviously, that that compelled them to say yes to this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully, if you know, like in a few decades, there is a need to re-argue a constitutional right um, for abortion access, which means that we haven't been able to codify it through Congress, that um, we can decide it on something better than 
privacy, you know, like the fact that like people who give birth can't be fully human if they don't have control over their bodies, perhaps like there's so many better arguments. Um, But are they constitutionally grounded? I'm not a constitutional lawyer, so I don't know. And I am also, I'm not even a lawyer at all. I'm not a lawyer at all. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to learn a lot more, but yeah, I mean, Roe was never a great ground to stand on, but I mean, there's a reason they picked it, you know what I mean? So, Mm um, I don't know the period tracking thing also frustrates me because people like delete your apps and it's like, yeah, but people rely on these apps for certain information, both for their fertility or to, to track symptoms. And like, it's very helpful when the app is like, Hey, you're about to get your period or, Hey, this is your ovulation window, even for thinking about people who are trying to prevent pregnancy. So, you know, delete your app. Like I literally have no idea when my period is coming unless my period tells me that it's coming. (laughs) And like the pen and paper, you know, that requires some math that requires like a level of tracking that. So, yeah. (sighs) All right. Well, if anybody um, knows about a pro choice app, the period tracking app. Oh, yeah, let us know. Gonna say they won't sell your, they won't give your information to the government. Let us know because I want to download it. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I'm not, um, you know, if I got pregnant, I would keep the child. Like I'm not gonna have an abortion at this point in right, my life. Right. Um, but I don't want to support. You know, I want to support a company that's doing the right thing. So. Yeah. Well, this song by Mayopiki is um, made me think about all of that. And more. And I just want to shout out that he, by the time that you're listening to this, he will have a new album out. So make sure to check that out. Um, I really, really love him. I think his work is so creative and so interesting. And I don't think anybody else in the sort of like um, El Movimiento slash Urbano space is doing it like he is. Um, So check it out. All right, so the main, um, the last song of mine for this main part of the episode is some old school reggaeton. Let's take a listen again if this is brought to the show before, but um, Dale Don Dale by Don Omar. Yeah? Why do you say that? 
just tell me why this came to you for the rage episode. <laughs> because when I think of, when I think of old school reggaeton, I get like a I get like a heavy like intensity vibe from it. You know, I feel uh-huh, like it's the uh-huh. it's the um, yeah, it's the heavy hitting beat, and it's and and it's so it's so high contrast to like reggaeton today. You know, like so much yeah. of reggaeton today is so like sweet and soft and lovey-dovey and that's not mm-hmm. what reggaeton was or some of it wasn't at the in the early days and so yeah i yeah. don't know i just it feels kind of like like a almost like a heavy metal vibe or something i mean i know they're not not <laughs> wow. musically connected yeah. but when i think about like yeah, the, yeah, like yeah emotion behind it or whatever so this is just a classic for me in that vein um of that like really i i wanted to find one that had like the gunshots like the gunshots <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah there was sort the, of demo the tracks yeah. always right. had sort of like the but i came <laughs> machine gun right, in the machine gun, yeah but i came across this one first so i decided um to bring this one instead so i don't know it's just it's a feeling you know i th- it's like yeah the, yeah the lyrics are whatever right but it's a feeling that that the the, the sound actually gives me can't argue with that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is a classic. Yeah, Hard not such, to love it. Such Even a classic. Even though the is a problematic fave. Problematic fave, um, and also, you know, when you think about the roots of reggaeton and like what the folks that were part of that scene were dealing with, there was a lot of violence. There was a lot of the stuff that comes that happens in low-income communities of color. So, um, to me, there's also a connection there. And just thinking about. We, you know, the, the reason that there's this feeling, the reason that there's this heaviness, the reason that there's machine gun, um, you know, musical references, it's it's connected to what people were dealing with um, in these yeah, communities. So absolutely, could have only emerged there. I did a little bit of like searching around on Spotify for like angry reggaeton, and it was really interesting because the, <laughs> the stuff like the like these people make playlists like that, and like the stuff I was finding that had new reggaeton, I was like, none of this is angry. Like I don't know what y'all are thinking, or like why you think this is, should be on here. So I had to go back to like the old school stuff, and then I was like, okay, yeah, this is what I'm looking for, you know? Um, yeah, it's like nothing that Manuel Turizo is doing has an anger feeling to me. <laughs> Just like, I don't know what people are, what what for them felt like there was any anger in it, but but yeah, the old school stuff definitely just like hits hard. For sure, I can see it. All right, you're gonna take us out with another classic. Yeah, so I have been listening to some classics lately, and really, who's better at expressing emotion than La Lupe? To be honest, so let's take a listen to Puro Teatro by our beloved La Lupe. Después de todo parece que esa es tu forma de ser. Yo confiaba ciegamente en la fiebre de tus besos. Mentiste serenamente y el telón cayó por eso. 
ensayada He estudiado simulacro Fue tu mejor actuación Destrozar mi corazón Y hoy que me lloras de I want to put La Lupe and La India up against each other for, like, biggest feelings, because I think they both really bring it on the feelings front. <laughs> yeah, they really, they really do. Uh, to me, La Lupe is a clear winner, but, like, I don't know. There's something about the rawness of the way that mm-hmm. she is able to, like, express emotion in her voice and, like, mm-hmm. her range. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love La India, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. shout out to my Bronx queen. But, right. um I don't know. La Lupe does something different to me. And this song is about a lover's betrayal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it lends itself well to anti-choice politics um, because, like, she's talking about how everything that her lover who betrayed her did was an act. And, like, this reverence for life that anti-choice people have is so clearly all an act, right? Like... I cannot stop thinking about that's the one thing that I did like on Friday that I couldn't stop thinking about was women who were sitting in clinics on Friday, like waiting for their appointments in the waiting room when they were told that they wouldn't be getting the terminations that they made an appointment to get that day. Like what exactly is pro-life about forcing people to give birth in a country that doesn't guarantee health care, that doesn't guarantee maternity leave, that doesn't guarantee child care, um, or any basic survival needs for children, like much no. less families in general, right? Like mm-hmm. basic needs like food and housing and school, you know, like, like w- we are slashing funds for that exists for any programs that assist people with these things every single day and just putting more and more money into policing so that like we can like arrest people when they have to like engage in any kind of survival crimes <laughs> because right. the, the there's no kind of other support like it's just like there it's to me it is there's nothing that is more indicative about a culture of death than any of what these people are doing and it is so wild to me that we're able to that they're able to bamboozle anybody with the moniker of pro-life yeah i mean the religious right just seems like a scam you know it just seems like a scam <laughs> like the arguments don't make sense and they all lead back to yeah to god to some sense of morality and it just it really what underpins it is control and misogyny and yeah and but also it feels like a front for corporate power like jesus mm. hung out with sex workers and lepers bruh like in what interpretation of your religion that I uh, do not share? Like, like what interpretation of that religion does any of this check out? It's so wild. You know what I mean? Like, there yeah. are plenty of, like, obviously, like, there's plenty of, like, really religious people who hold progressive values, um, including, like, organized religious movements, right? But still, it's just like, it's like, it's again, like puro teatro. Like, it's all a front for like control Controlling and power. Women. Like, this isn't yeah. really, this yeah. isn't really about any religious practice because if there you were a Christian, like, isn't compassion a part of that? Like, it just doesn't make any no. sense to me. Yeah. I mean, that's why, you know, it makes sense that abortion 
was such a center central tenet of like the feminist movement because if women can't control their fertility or they can't control they can't decide when to be pregnant or not they lose control over so much you know so i think in that way it just boils down to such a basic and obviously there's also connections to racism and um you know uh I didn't, I really fully understand this history, but the pro-life movement didn't even come about until a number of years after, like six years after Roe, when um, people were looking for a reason to sort of rally against Jimmy Carter's second term, and it wasn't really politically correct or okay to talk about the desire to keep segregated white schools, and so they picked abortion as the new, like, sort of, like, right-wing rallying cry, so it's all... It's all a scam, right? It's all just like a Yeah, well, and I mean, and the first time that abortion was criminalized in this country was also because it was white, wealthy women who were mostly getting abortions and people in power, like, holy shit, the browns are going to take, the brown people and the black people are going to take us over because all the white ladies are having abortions, so we better make this illegal. Right. Meanwhile, they were, like, forcing, like, you know, like, completely forcing black people to have no control over their reproduction because they were chattel. Like it's so it's, it's all so interconnected. And so um, in these horrifying, sad ways. Yeah. I had this like thought when I was writing about this on Friday was like, you know, reproductive justice, right? Like we make all these intersectional connections between all these different issues, but like they do too, you know, (laughs) like, like there's a logic too for them about why, you know, the the lack of access to housing, the lack of access to abortion, the lack of, you know, the desire for higher levels of racial, you know, like, it's like, we're not the only ones making these connections. And it's a fucking nightmare, basically. Nope. They know exactly what they're doing. Sometimes I'm just like, y'all, they're like so much more ahead of the game than some of the people that we work with. It's disappointing. I think, I, I mean, I think it's just like, it's a hard battle, you know, like when you can use it is like our work is harder. Yeah. And you use the threat of hell, like, you know, the manipulation that really can, that really is behind a lot of the um, kind of obedience of the religious right, you know, and the conservatives it's like, so yeah, we, we've, we have failed a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And like, you know, it's not, um, it's not just about strategy, you know, like they've got a lot of things on their side. So yeah, they do a lot of really, really rich people. Um, also a lot lord all right y'all sorry to be too much of a bummer hopefully our rage playlist will help you get some of your anger out and you can use your rage towards action if you have any extra dollars that you want to send anybody's way we really love Uh, the National Network of Abortion Funds, or you can find a fund that's local to you that will help people who can't afford their procedures um, get one, or um, because the criminal legal system is really, really expanding their reach, um, and every day just in general, but also the fall of Roe presents another opportunity for it to expand its reach. We, um, I also have... um, been asking people to donate to the repro legal defense fund which is 
um, an organization that will cover legal fees for people who are criminalized because of helping somebody get an abortion, because they did their own abortion, or because any um, any reason that they might be um, criminalized, which people have been already before Roe, so there's just more of an opportunity to do that now. So we will link both of those in our show notes if you feel called to do any of that. Yeah, and if you want, you know, if you want to organize, if you want to help people travel, if you want to house people, your local abortion fund is the best place to go because they already have a network of doing mm-hmm. exactly that. So no need to start start your own thing. Just get involved with um, what already exists in your community. That's right. More than like one big heroic thing, just small little ways yeah. that you can help every day is so, so, so much more meaningful. Find the intersection of what you're able to give and what's most needed and stay there is my recommendation. Yep. Thank you so much for listening and shout out Maite for mm-hmm. all of that leading help. And just check the website for our show notes at rallymania.com for everything about these songs and all the resources we recommended and we'll be back next week with your piscina playlist for your um joy during the tormenta (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much amores hasta la próxima bye